All right, everybody, welcome back. Best hour of their day. We finally got rid of Ackerman. Thank he's actually, yeah, thank God. No, he's actually closing on a house today. So it's just Todd and I. Um, and quite a few topics today. Um, but I think first couple of things to address is the boss is back. Yes. Nicole Carroll back in. Back yeah, in. So if you haven't seen that announcement, uh, she came back. She had a post on Instagram and uh, the consensus seems to be highly positive. <laughs> yeah, obviously, I think that's a that's a good sign for the community in general. Obviously means that she feels comfortable with the changes that have been, been made and are being made um, and is willing to, to jump back in. So, you know, I'm I'm optimistic for sure and, and hoping that other people are as well. Yeah, she seems to be the, I don't know, how would I, she, for, for most people, I think, on, on the team, and then, in the, and then even in the community as well, she seems to be like the, uh, the positive light, if you will. People are just like, they kind of look to her for the good news and things, that, all that stuff. So I, I thought it was cool. Um, unexpected, you know, but I thought it was really cool. And uh, it, still, it still remains to be seen. I still don't, we still don't know what the shakeup is going to be with regard to the structure of the company and stuff, but I would imagine she's going to come back in a very similar capacity um, in the training yeah. department. So, yeah, that's what I'm excited to see what this new organizational structure will look like. That's always one of the interesting things in a corporate structure. And it's always been a little bit more fluid. I think in CrossFit, I know the training department had a more strict and stringent organizational structure, but um, I'm curious to see what the different legs of the business will be under Eric and, who will be heading up the different legs and all the rest of that. I'm uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of fired up to, about that, to be honest with you, be, just having, again, like I would, I think it's very fair to say that training is very rigid with regard to who falls where. And like, there's a very clear path about what that flow of information looks like and who's in charge of who and all that stuff. I'm not so sure about the rest of the company, but I'm very excited because of that. I would imagine that there's going to be a lot of framework put in to the company which i think is going to be pretty badass um yeah. i would imagine so i mean because i think he mentioned about bringing in a lot of um support or or different probably people that he has access to to come in and, and shore up some things that i'm sure he's assessed the need to be take care of so that's cool um, yeah but yeah it's good to have the boss back um just like listen to her listen into her speeches at the trainer summit gets me fired up yeah, exactly. Um, but I want to lead with this. We we had our um, we had our episode the other day on using assistant coaches and managing big classes, and we had a follow up question to that, which is a little bit more on the kind of logistics side. So I'm going to read the question, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Let me make sure I don't give this person away because I don't want to. There's nothing in here that's identifying. Yeah. Okay. So it says, hey guys. Love the podcast um, so much that uh, that so much so that you were up to 100 episodes when I found it. And in between then and episodes, I've gone back in to episode one and then catch up on them all. Um, I just listened to your episode on managing large classes and had a question. Is your best recommendation for time slots that have 15 plus athletes in them to bring on an assistant coach every session or to try and put more sessions around that time? Currently, I'm a, uh, my 6 a.m. session is 20 people with a five-person wait list, and I feel like my members could be getting some more quality coaching for me 
with a better ratio, but being an affiliate less than 1.5 years old, I also don't want to limit my sessions to 12 uh, and have 10 members miss out every day. So that's a key aspect of this. What would your suggestions be? Thanks so much for your help in, uh, in advance uh, and thanks for everything you guys do. That's awesome. So that's a legit question. Um, and I think as the gym grows, I think you always end up butted up against this scenario anyway. So what's your immediate reaction to that? It's, it's either like, I do I have more classes or do I put another coach on the floor? Well, that's, that's such an interesting time because I think it's that early morning slot that is the most difficult um, because that's one where even adding more classes might not be the answer. Like you might say, hey, I'm going to add a 7 a.m. class. Well, if all 25 of your people are like, well, I've got to be out the door at 7, it's irrelevant, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think one thing that we've done is polled the, the group to see if, if we've got a portion of those people that could come at a different time. Mm -hmm. And if so, I think adding a sec second class would be the ideal situation. Um, and if, it, if that's not an option, then turning it into potentially a little bit bigger class, but then ensuring that you have that assistant coach on hand. Um, that's probably the route that, that we would try to go. It's a tough one. And I've, I've actually been in the opposite boat where, so we are, we have the same classes post COVID, but they're different time slots. So we, when we reopened, we, we usually had our earliest class was 6am and our latest was 6pm. And we started with basically jamming the middle of the day because nobody was working and it wasn't a big deal. And we ended up adding a time slot in the mid morning. So typically our class schedule looked like 6am, 9am, noon, and then 3, 4, 5, 6pm. Well, the first ones I removed because nobody was working was the sixes. I took the bookends off and was just like, let's just pack the middle of the day. Classes were jammed. And we added a 1030 in there to try to get more availability because we were limiting classes when we originally opened. And yeah. now I'm hesitant. So we opened up the 6, the 6 a.m. back up. But now I'm hesitant to open the 6 p.m. back up because I don't think it's going to fill up. And then it's an extra class. But it's what we had before. So I'm, I'm in a similar situation and it's one of those things where it's like, okay, what, what do you anticipate as far do you anticipate like bringing more people in and having growth? There's, there's two schools of thought there. One is, is give max availability and, and allow yourself if you can afford it, obviously to pack all of them. Like now it becomes the business responsibility to put as many people in all the classes. The other one is, limit the availability, smash those classes with people, maximize the environment. And I get both because we talked about it a little before where it's like, I, I do think there's a minimum number of people in a class to like get the vibe to be good. Where, mm -hmm. you know, a class of two or three, it can be an awesome class, but it doesn't have the same energy. Like there was 22, I think, in the 9 a.m. this morning. And that was different than the noon, which I think had six. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I think... Yeah, it, I just think the morning time is a little bit different than the afternoon with that, you know? Yeah. So, um, and usually from, from my experience, the people that can come in the morning can only come in the morning, right? Yeah. So I think in order to optimize and give the best experience that you possibly can, it's, it's got to be one of those, those two solutions, which obviously is what the person was asking the question. Um, but I would, I would put it back to the client's. Like I said, I would, I, ideally for me, a class of 12 to 15 people is going to be optimal. 
And so if I could figure out on how to make like a six and a 7 a.m. work or maybe a five and a six and it turns into two classes with 12 people um, would be much, much better than one class of 24 people that has two coaches. And then I know a lot of sometimes it's better to uh, to just basically for whatever reason, and I've been guilty of this in the past is come off of that on the hour for whatever reason, we just get up, we just get stuck on the, it's gotta be at 6am. So I would play around with, you can still do them an hour apart, but you know, 7am might not be an issue, but getting people out of there by 715 might be an issue. And you could go 515, 615 for the mornings and split them in half or a 630 or a 530, 630 and split them in half. And as long as people can get out by 730, then you could do it and you could create a little bit more. But my, my recommendation was to to, to do a little math and just figure out, you know, first and foremost, before you make this decision, you have to figure out what the business can sustain. So let's just say across the board, adding a class five days a week for whatever it is, 4.23 weeks a month is going to cost you a minimum of about 500 bucks in payroll, a minimum. This is assuming you're not coaching all of them. You know, and again, if you're already coaching the majority of the classes, adding another 20 three classes to the schedule is probably going to be tough. So is that financially a better option or can I add one coach to these at a lower rate potentially? Like if you're an assistant coach, you get paid, I don't know, let's just say that your head coach gets paid 25 to 30 bucks an hour and then the assistant coach is going to get paid 15, you know, so it's just an opportunity for an intern or somebody to come in in a paid position, but at 50% of the cost. And now my cost for payroll goes from, 500 or 600 potentially to two or 300. And again, this is for somebody who's bootstrapping it and that, and that is going to make or break the decision. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but you do have to do the math on that is like, like financially first and foremost, what needs to happen and, and what is feasible. But then I do think a little bit more thought should be put into the atmosphere. You know, like I, everybody always goes to more classes and to some extent, I think that's realistic. I think it's, in my personal mind, my personal opinion, adding more classes is is the thing that you start to explore when you are on the verge of like moving to a bigger space. Is like, are do you have enough classes in the day before you make a jump and increase your overhead in rent by thirty to forty percent or something like that? Like that's the first thing that needs to happen. But if you're just got packed classes, then I think you have you know like one or two throughout the day. Then I think you have a little bit more leeway with okay, just add another coach, just as good of an experience, if not better because the environment's still awesome, but now you just have more eyes on athletes. So I think you need to pay attention to both because the vibe matters because there does exist a scenario where I split that in half and then that it fizzles out because they're just like, Oh, well I liked working out with Sally, but now Sally comes at the five fifteen. I don't go to the, the and yeah. I go to the six fifteen. So it's a tough one. So I agree with your, like that you should pull the, the members on that one, but what else would you say? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely with you on the expense part of that thing and making sure that you factor that in, in, into account. Um, and I think that's only the option to, to add an extra class is only option if it's like literally there's 25 people banging on the door every day in that class. If it's like there's 25 people on Mondays and then there's 13 people the rest of the week, yes. you don't do it, right? It has to be because I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I've seen people open their brand new gym with six classes a day and each class has like two people in it. I'm like, that's the worst idea ever. It's like, we, we started with one class and until we had consistently 20 people in that one class, we didn't add a second class 
You know what I'm saying? So I'm yeah. with you that you don't want to add more classes just for the sake of adding more classes. Um, it needs to be because there's a big number of people that, that the demand has to be there. This is a, this is a weird, something probably most people don't think about. And probably, so there's nothing worse in my personal opinion. This is not like, this is the worst thing ever, but in my personal opinion, from a coaching standpoint, then low attendance classes from an energy, from an energy standpoint, like it is just so it, it sucks energy out of me versus like a 15 person class, like gives me energy and I'm like psyched to be there and I'm on my ball. But like, as the number goes down, I get less and less excited about it. And I don't, that's not fair to the members, but like, it's just the way it is for me personally. I also believe that that's probably true for members, right? Like as when, when the, when there's a lot of people in there, the energy is high. So I do think there's a little bit of, probably discipline that has to be executed because not only is that for your current members, but like, as you start to bring in new people, I don't want my new person to walk into a class. That's like an energy level of two. Like I want them to walk into a class where like, they're just like, fuck, this is amazing. I'm never leaving this place. There's, there's a, but there's a, there's a balance there. There's a point of diminishing returns as well. Not only for me as a coach, but then also for a new client, right? because it's the same deal. Like a class of four people is hard to coach because you have to bring all the energy just at the same time. Like a class of 18 to 20 to 22 mm-hmm. to 24 is hard to coach because you're running around with your hair on fire. Right. Um, and the same thing happens for a brand new athlete. I, I think, I think for a brand new athlete first into class, like an eight to 10 in the, uh, ends up being ideal because they feel the energy. Yeah. But they still get the attention. Whereas if it's 15 to 20, most people, from my experience, their eyes are big, you know, and they're like, holy crap, I don't know if I belong here just because everybody else knows what's going on mm-hmm. and they're still trying to feel their way through it. Well, I, I do think this is, this is A, something to acknowledge. So a lot of new people come in, they're like, hey, what's the, what's the least busy class? You get that one a lot. Like, what's the least yep. busy class? Because I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, uh, be a burden on the coach. Right. So it's like, hey, people want that, but they simultaneously whether they acknowledge it or not want and need the energy as well because they're, yep. they're hesitant about working out. So it's like, it does, this is one of those things. And I think we're pr- probably coming to an answer here. Uh, just talking through this, you're, you need both. So you just need to solve the problem. So in that environment, it's like, how do I get the people, the attention and not lose the energy? And at that scenario, it's probably bring an assistant coach and have that conversation and be like, Hey, Todd's new. I need you to hang tight with Todd. And there can be some other protocols you put in there where you have the new members kind of not necessarily shadow or hang out, but like you can pair them with a new member for warmups. Uh, if you have like an ambassador program in your gym or something like that, which we're, we're, we're just starting up on ours, um, where you can, you can coddle that person while simultaneously and, and make them feel good. And you can tell them all this beforehand too. be like, Hey, we're going to have an extra coach on the floor. They're going to be there to take care of you. And there's going to be an ambassador in the class. They're going to be there to take care of you. So you got two people looking out for you as well as the head coach but the vibe's going to be awesome. So I think is, I think people are freaked out, but they're freaked out because they think they're going to be a burden. So as long as we can head that off and give them the solution to that fear prior to everybody wins when we do that. So uh, I think the answer is assistant coach at this point, it's cheaper and you probably don't forfeit a ton, but like Todd said, uh, at some point uh, an extra class is absolutely the answer. If it becomes just uh, a, just a goat rope and just people are falling out the doors, then yeah, an extra class is the answer because both classes are still going to be awesome. Yeah. Great with that. 
Cool. Yeah. Assistant coach it is. Um, okay. So next thing I want to talk about was, was another topic that came up, which is, you know, so there's some kind of uh, spikes going up. So like there's certain areas that are seeing more cases uh, of COVID and, you know, whether this is because we're just testing more or it is an actual second wave, like we're not going to get into that. That's, that's not the point. The point is, <laughs> the point is if it happens right in your gym, what are, cause this question has come up is what, what happens? So I've been closed for three damn months. We open back up. And then what happens if not necessarily one of the members, that's a little bit easier to solve because I can just tell them to quarantine. I can let everybody know. And, and then every, if I, if you're tracking attendance, which you should be very heavily at this point, you can let everybody know and just be like, Hey guys, I need you to kind of like get tested immediately and then give me the results, but try not to come in until you get that done. Um, but what if the staff, gets it right let's just say you're running lean to begin with or or shit you're a one-man band and now what do i do this is a uh, definitely a scary scenario in the sense that like you've got to be prepared for that because there's pretty good likelihood that all of us out there are going to come across somebody that has it or has been exposed to it so you're going to be exposed to it um, so a couple of things that we've thought about at our gym that we're trying to do just to make sure that we got all of our covered, our, our bases covered is one, we're trying to avoid as much coach interaction as possible. So one thing that we used to do is we had like group, group workouts where the coaches would get together and they'd work out together. or We had way more team meetings. It's like, we're going to try to avoid some of that stuff, do more of the meetings on zoom um, less than some of the, the, the group workouts, just because we don't want one person to end up with it by accident and then to give it to all the rest of our coaches. Cause if all of our coaches have it, then we're in trouble. Um, and then from there, it's like, this is the time to start bringing on your bench. Like who else, whoever else you have that has capacity or interest to coach, try to get them up to speed to, to some degree. Um, so at least they can help get you through a tough time. If you end up in a tough spot. Um, I think most gyms that I know of are still kind of operating on a little bit of a vanilla programming um, cycle, just based on limited equipment, trying not to share equipment, that kind of stuff. And so it's kind of a, a place to where if the workouts are quote unquote simple enough, um, if you got some, even if they're a little bit new or a little bit fresh as far as this, they might be able to fill in the gaps if by chance you get sick or one of your primary coaches get, get sick because um, the last thing you want to do is have to close the doors down again because you don't have the capacity to, to, to coach at the gym. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, and I guess obviously, and honestly, like I was recruiting during COVID. I was like, I'm trying to pull people in and I'm like, I'm trying to hire new coaches. Um, I was trying to, well, those two, those two fold because I knew uh, I just had a coach that we've had for like a year uh, due to the military. Um, she's a spouse um, who's leaving. And then I have another one who was doing, you know, he's part-time, but like coached a lot of class every month, but is going through the police Academy right now. And so I don't, I don't, I'm not getting him back until November. So I just lost two classes to the tune of, or sorry, two coaches to the tune of probably, I don't want to know, probably at least 50 classes. So I was like, I got to fill those gaps. And, and, luckily I have coaches who are happy to take the work, but it's, but that's not the answer long-term. It's just like when, when the world starts to open back up again and people have to go back to their normalcy. Um, Cause basically the four that I have 
um, including myself. Um, one of them is in school, but kind of not in school. And when he goes back to school, that that'll change. Um, so I went out and tried to solve that myself. And, you know, um, so I had Lindsay on the pot. We have to re-record it because it didn't record, but I was just like looking at seminar staff, people who want to coach full time. And I was like, move here. Like I'll, I'll fucking pay you to come coach here. So yeah, I do think you should think about plussing up and having way more than having, and I typically don't recommend that. Like I typically don't like having a big staff. I just don't, I just don't think it's that, I think it's kind of pointless, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. This is, a, this is just such a unique situation. I, like it's hard pressed for me to think that not that most people aren't going to get sick at some point over the next handful of months. And just based on the rules and regulations at a minimum, even if you don't get sick, if you get exposed to somebody in, in the health organizations figure it out, they're going to, you know, want you quarantined for at least 14 days. And so mm -hmm. if you've got one of your coaches or two of your coaches that have to disappear for 14 days, what is going to be your plan of attack? Um, and I think I've heard them, some things out there of even potentially reaching out to gyms close by and just see if they'd be willing to share staff. And I think that this might not be a scenario to at least have that conversation to prepare for the worst, just so you're, you're not caught in a tough spot, you know? On the flip side, if you were to do like play devil's advocate, some people would be avidly against that because they're like, well, I'm not bringing somebody in from another facility to do that. Right. But what's your yeah. alternative? Well, you might not have any. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's, that's it's, what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. do you have, and maybe it's not your, your, the gym that's right down the road. Maybe you've got a buddy that owns an affiliate 30 minutes away and you guys have been friendly or maybe they spun off at your gym anyways. Do they have somebody that's a little, do they have some extra hands on deck or is there somebody there? I don't know. I would just, this is a time to where you want to prepare for the worst possible scenario just so you don't get caught um, in something that you're not ready for. So on that note, one of the things that we've like kind of, it, meaning at CrossFit Rife, when I say we kind of shifted is, is like coach development. So let's say we're going to play it safe and we're going to abide by Todd's rules and we're going to avoid getting the coaching staff together. What are some things, um, you know, because obviously everybody's level of, you know, risk in this whole thing varies, uh, you know, for most people listening, it's probably assume that mine is zero uh, and assumes that probably yours is a little bit higher, but let, let's assume that you want to, you want to do both, right? I still want to continue development. I have a business to run and, and we have to think past all of this, but I still am unsure or uneasy about getting the staff together. What are some things that we could be thinking about or ways to keep the staff engaged and moving forward professional development so that we don't, see this what is realistic coaching is a is a perishable skill so we don't see this dramatic drop off in our skill set when people when when we start to open back up i think any of the drills and things that you can do in person can also be done virtually i mean we've seen that at this point um you know so as far as like if there's certain teaching scene and correcting drills that you want to do like teaching we can do that via zoom like you can have somebody teach the group and we can watch and give feedback via video footage there um, so that's not an issue i think the scene piece you could either do drills via zoom with everybody moving or one of the things that you know i often did in in um staff meetings is we would just go to the computer and go on like instagram and look up different movements and look for different points of performance and try to identify faults that's something that you can do virtually so if you're looking for teaching you can do that online 
you're looking for seeing, you can do that. And then correcting. I think that's something where it's like somebody like you that has the tools that you do can get with the group and do that virtually as well. So I don't, I don't think any of that stuff should take a back seat in the current environment, but you need to be smart about the way that you do it. Cause all yeah. it takes is, you know, one accident, accident, meaning one person ends up being sick and everybody else gets it. If you guys are all together, you know, the, uh, one thing is I'm trying to think of all the new online courses. So there's programming, there's the master's course, the kids courses online. I feel like I'm missing that, one that's more like a webinar. Yeah. Um, what was it? The, yeah. There's a couple, there's another one, but like the, Masters, like I would go dumbbells, back dumbbells yeah, there. So I would, I would, cause those are low hanging fruit cause they're super cheap. And, and again, like ch cheap is relative, but they're less than a hundred bucks for like the lesson planning, the spot, like go back and take the spot. The, cause like once you register for those, you can take them forever, you know, take the spot, the flaw, you know, take the lesson planning, you know, register for the dumbbell course or one of those other ones, the master's course, some of those, the ones that are webinar based and, you know, like keep your, keep your, you know, sharpen the ax that way. Right. right. Because, and just forfeit the fact that, Hey, we would do this in person, but there's, there's other things I can, can be doing currently that would help me to stay sharp absent of physically being able to be put eyes on an athlete. But you know, everybody should be familiar with Zoom at this point. So just do like a 20 to 30 minute Zoom thing. Have some, have one of the coaches hop on there, do some movement and then have somebody coach them. Yeah, I think. And, and, and to be honest with you, look at what that does to prepare you in case there's another, you know, and something happens and they, they, they cause us to all go back into quarantine, you know, because I know there's different, isn't there different states that have made those changes? So um, what I, I saw the other day is some of them have like curtailed their reopening just because of some of the increase in cases. Uh, I don't, to my I knowledge, I don't know anybody that's, that's reverting. I, I saw something that non-essential, I forget what state it was. One or two states had closed down non-essential businesses. Now I didn't see what fell back into that category. And I haven't heard of any specific states where gyms specifically have had to close back down, but yeah. I mean, shoot, I'm in Florida. We're, we're the hot spot at this current time. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. I saw it was like Florida, Texas. A couple, I mean, they're still not, they still weren't in Arizona. Like, yeah. They still weren't New York numbers, um, right. but, but they were going up. And again, I don't know if that's because there's an increase in testing or what, but um, it, that's interesting that. Yeah. I, I don't know that anybody's gone backwards. I've seen a lot of have like, have slowed the rate that they were going to go to phase whatever uh like for instance we in virginia phase three starts tomorrow when simultaneously the navy's locked down everybody but has also made all the bases green so they can start traveling again so it none of it makes any sense and it's weird right but yeah but yeah i think you do probably do need to to plan for that you know and because God, oh my God, I don't even want to talk about closing. Like that. that would that would make me go insane. Yeah. Everybody's going to want to listen to that podcast. But um, yeah, it could happen. So you you know you do have to plan for it, and it's it's not unreasonable to think that we're going to see more cases. So it's I don't know that it's necessarily the fact that you're going to have to close down, but you probably the real the situation we we're talking about before is probably a little bit more realistic. You're probably going to have to deal with somebody who has it. Yeah. As more and more people get it. So, yeah, 
yeah, that, I think that's going to be pretty unavoidable for most all of us. Well, what else? oh, the other thing, what's the deal with the games? Where is it at? Uh, as far as I know, it's still in uh, it's still, still in Aromas. In Aromas, but it got pushed back to like what is it? September seventeenth is the earliest, something yep. like that. Um, I know they're still pushing hard to make it happen. I'm, my fingers crossed is that they make it happen, but I just got delayed again. I think what's your thoughts news. on? Uh, I, I don't know if people listened to or saw Ackerman's plea for games athletes to to lead the charge, but what, there's some people, there's some notable names that have come back in and and taken what I think is the right approach. Yeah, man. I think I didn't see that. I didn't see what, what he had put out there, but I, I mean, he basically had a long rant about like, Hey, you have influence, use it positively. Yeah. Like you got what you wanted. Like, like let's, let's all get back on the same page here. Yeah. I would like to see, I mean, especially with it happening, if it happens in, in September, like at this point, they've had plenty of time to see what changes will have been made at that point. The cell should have gone through. Wait, um, is it September? That's where they pushed it back to. At the oh, I thought they pushed it September. back to August. Okay. Well, it had been pushed back later in August. And then just, I think this week they pushed it back to September. Oh shit. Is okay. the earliest. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't know what else you're holding out for. You've gotten, you've gotten the changes that you're looking for, right? Um, and then some probably the changes you stated you were looking for. So, um, I would hope that they come back and I'm excited to see it happen. If it does happen. I am too. I think, uh, you know, obviously it's going to be a weird games. It's not going to be the typical games that we see, but I also don't think it's going to be the super watered down version that we all thought we were going to be looking at as well. Yeah. You know, not, I think it'll I'm, be somewhere in the middle, but I don't think it's going to be this grandiose thing, but I also don't think it's going to be like a VHS camera in Dave's backyard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's not, I've not been disappointed yet. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't count on Dave and the team disappointing us. And, and more time in combination with these changes is going to help. It's only going to help. Right. Absolutely. Well, I think it's, I'm, ex, I'm stoked. The boss is back. The games has more time to get moving. Gyms are opening back up, you know, sounds like pa classes are packed. So people need to put some assistant coaches on the floor. I think this is like the first positive, yeah, <laughs> positive finally. podcast we've had in a while. Well, yes, thank goodness. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you guys have more questions about your classes, about coach development, or any of that stuff, hit us up. Like any any time a any time a question comes in the DM, like we're pretty almost certain to go ahead and throw it on the podcast. So, um, and if there's any companies out there who you know looking to sponsor the games, now is probably a good time. You probably get it on the cheap. So. <laughs> It's probably worth There you it. go. <laughs> Do it. Um, but cool. All right. Uh, we will see you guys next time. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor. Head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself, hit us up, best hour of their day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at best hour of their day. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community, and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. Best hour of their day.